heard the brain-body connection, many people believe that the two are connected, and that concept is so outdated. It's time we got to the heart of the matter. Welcome to The Modern Creative Woman, exploring the art and science of creativity. I'm your hostess and creativity expert, Dr. Amy Beckos. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful friends. We are continuing this month all about presence. And remember, it's your ability to stay in the moment, accept what's happening, both internally and externally, and your ability to respond in line with your values and what's most important to you and the people around you. We're talking today about the myth of the mind-body connection. But first, I want to catch you up on some modern creative happenings inside MCW headquarters. So if you have yet to join the 21-Day Gratitude Challenge, what are you waiting for? I want to personally invite you. And I was so delighted to discover that the Gratitude Challenge has made the news. At first, I saw it locally in San Francisco and LA, and then across the country, including through the Associated Press. So it's been syndicated and distributed pretty widely. And I was so happy about this. And I think it just speaks to how hungry we are to really feel good and focus on what's working in our life and what we can do to improve it instead of constantly focusing on what's not working. And right now there's just so much emphasis on the negative aspects of our lives and what's happening in the world. With gratitude, we're able to really focus on the ways that we can contribute to a more peaceful inner life, a more peaceful family life, and of course, a community and worldwide experience. I think it just provides so much meaning and purpose for us when we can focus on gratitude. A lot of women that I speak with think it doesn't matter so much how they feel. And I started drawing lines of connection for them about how they feel and how that impacts how their kids feel, how their family feels, how their coworkers feel. It impacts how they show up at work, what their energy is like when they're just checking out at the grocery store, standing in line. The opportunity to see a bigger picture through gratitude and really feel like how we feel on the inside can impact others, reaching a wide circle around us. And to see that is really powerful. There's so much that we can contribute by simply taking very good care of ourselves and feeling good. When we feel good in our thoughts and in our feelings, it just has such a huge impact on how we view the world and the people around us. I hope that you will check out the 21 Day Gratitude Journal and share it widely with your community. I think it's great for tweens and teenagers, and you can certainly share it with clients or students. I made it copyright free. It's free to download. You don't have to sign up for anything. Give me your email or make a password or anything. It's all free. And I really want us collectively to be able to focus on gratitude and improve our thoughts about the world around us. So you can find it in the show notes or find it on moderncreativewoman.com. And if you are using the 21 Day Gratitude Challenge Workbook, I would love it if you would post about it. You can tag me message me on Instagram. I really do want to hear how people are using it and what it's done for you and the people around you. You all know I do love to celebrate. (laughs) Next month, the Modern Creative Woman is celebrating her second anniversary. So excited. We started off with this really powerful class called Women's Search for Meaning. 
And you can still access that class inside the membership. I really want to say thank you to all the women that have been with me since the very beginning. It's so incredible. And also welcome to all the new women who are starting up in January. If you're curious about how the modern creative woman could help you enhance your creativity and build a more satisfying life for yourself, I have a few videos that you might want to check out. So Aurora Devoli and I from Girl Boss Paris hosted a free creativity class last week. It's called the Art and Psychology of Style. <laughs> it was so much fun to think about how we present ourselves in the world. And I shared some really powerful research about how what we wear, how we show up, impacts our abilities in the world, including the coolest research about kids when they wear a Batman costume or a Dora the Explorer costume, what they're able to accomplish above and beyond what they think they can. It's so cool. And if you want to hear about this, you can catch the replay. It is on themoderncreativewoman.com. And you can watch the replay there as well as a really fun class on creativity where we teach three creative thinking techniques, two style and branding activities from Aurora, and then one really powerful question that you can use for the whole rest of your life to help you find change. So catch all the replays on moderncreativewoman.com. And if you're tired of struggling with creative blocks or you have frustrations in your relationships or you just want to get back in touch with yourself, our trip to Paris is a wonderful way to get the tools to elevate your sense of self and your personal expression from the inside out. And it's starting January. We've got a whole series of classes and workshops for you. And then the whole thing accumulates in Paris, and it's going to be an incredible trip. I would love to have a chat with you about Paris. If you think this might be for you now or in the future, you can reach out to me with a direct message on Instagram, or you can find my email on moderncreativewoman.com, and we should have a conversation. It's complimentary. Let's have a chat and see what might work for you. This week, we are talking all about the myth of the mind-body connection and how making contact with the present moment helps us see the illusion of connection and disconnection. I'll review some of the art and science related to how we think about ourselves and give you some ways that you can see the big picture and a really powerful tip that you can use to manage when you experience that dreaded feeling, the O word, overwhelm. It is quite the illusion that our mind and body are somehow connected. But let me back up just a little bit. We've all faced in modern times the idea that the body can be treated separately from the mind. And there's so much evidence for it. There's specialties and subspecialties that have developed so that a doctor will become an expert on just one small aspect of the body or one phase of lifespan development. A doctor might only work on your heart or your feet. A child life specialist only works with children and their parents. There are medical specializations that are offshoots into other professions. Even psychology is a branch of psychiatry, and then psychiatry evolved to become its own subspecialization related to psychotropic medications. These 
increasing specializations, of course, allow us to have this expert care when one part of our body or our mind needs care. However, you and other professionals who can see the whole big picture have a distinct advantage. And in fact, it's imperative that we become personally responsible for seeing our own big picture in the world. To begin with, we are a singular organism. Our brain and body are one and are observable. Our mind is a part of this, except that it's private and we can only observe through behavioral actions. No one can observe your mind but you. At the next level, we can think about genetics and our biological connection to our ancestors. Our family, our friends, our immediate community also make up our experience. And we have nature, the universe. And then finally, we have our higher power and our connection to our spirit. The big picture is both our connection as animals on the planet and to our families and communities and groups, and also this awareness that we are a single body. The idea that there are separate parts in our body is an illusion. All of these parts function inside one container. That's our body. Our brain is part of our body. For example, connection assumes that there is a separateness that requires a link somehow. I think it's all very exciting in science to read about how the gut has a direct link to the brain that food impacts our mood. Although it shouldn't really be surprising that every part of our body relates to every other part of our body. We think we're listening to some kind of advanced thinking when a doctor talks about the brain-body connection. They're just not connected. They are the same organism. I think we find it very exciting when people draw the analogy that we can link our brain and our body. They simply exist together inside of us. It's our mind, our body, our awareness, or our connection to the external of nature, universe, higher power. Each time we're listening to people talk about the brain and body or the brain-body-spirit connection, they're still really speaking from this place of separateness, a perspective that there is somehow a disconnect or it has somehow existed in the past. It never existed that they were disconnected. It's simply a matter of how we relate to ourselves internally and externally. They are one. They don't need to be connected. Certainly some cultures are more aware of this than other. A collectivist culture operates within a framework of connection and interdependence. People who are attuned to nature can really be in sync to the cycles of the earth and so on. Here's a brain teaser for you to wrap your head around. Neuroscientists can observe activation in your brain via the fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging. But they're unable to observe your thoughts. So far as we know, thoughts seem to be really accessible only to the first person. Only you can know what you are thinking and feeling directly. Others can know your thoughts indirectly. They can infer something about your thoughts through your behaviors. And that could be what you say, how you say it, how you act. If you really want to take a deep dive into this conundrum, consider the problem of the mind-body proposed by Descartes. And in his philosophical writings, he really struggles with reconciling how the body relates to space. We can measure its height, width, 
But the mind has no physical properties. We can't measure it per se. We can study the brain. We can figure out the sense organs, but we simply can't measure the mind directly. Again, we can only observe what we think is happening in someone's mind based on their behaviors or what's happening inside their body. Here's a couple examples. A teacher might infer what is happening in the mind of a student based on what they write in their papers, what they say in class, what they score on their exams. A psychologist infers how someone is feeling or areas where they need to make some changes in their feelings based on their actions and the language they use. All the time we're inferring what our loved ones or children or strangers are thinking based on what they're saying and doing. We use what we observe plus our thoughts and feelings about the situation and oftentimes our past lens of what we're expecting to happen. However, the mind and body relate directly to what we find most important to us. We are the only ones who know our minds directly, but everyone else can infer what our mind is thinking and doing based on our actions, from what we say, how we say it, what we wear, our facial expressions, how we spend our time, what we pick up for hobbies. Don't believe me? Clothes did not just fall onto your body this morning. <laughs> you consciously purchased the clothes in your closet. You consciously selected some combination of them to wear today. Food did not just fall into your mouth today. You went to the store. You deliberately selected the food you wanted. You paid money for it. Today you cooked it. And you consciously chose what to put in your mouth. Another example. Someone beeps at you in the car on the way home from the grocery. And out of the thousands of ways to respond, you decided how you will respond, what you will do or not do. How much you learned this week was a conscious choice. Did you read, study, practice, listen to a podcast, use your language app, watch a movie, etc.? If you're a graduate student, your thesis and your dissertation did not just happen to you. By the time you get to graduate school, you can look at the entire context of your previous education. You applied to get into school. You prepared by taking earlier classes to get you all the way to the research classes. There is nothing about that that makes you a passive recipient or a victim of the circumstances around you. Nobody's forcing you to take on the labor of writing your book to graduate. I'm speaking specifically of our inner experiences. And the brain often performs the task of thinking and feeling in such a repetitive way. It's almost as if it feels it is happening to us. Lots of things happen to us in the world. Some good, some not so good, some really terrible. But it, how we interpret it on the inside it's influenced by our past, our ancestors, our childhood, even the neighborhood we grew up in. It's also influenced by the people we choose to surround ourselves with. In the present, you're influenced by many, many things. You're influenced, first of all, by the collection of choices that you made in the past, all your daily habits. We're also influenced if we ingest neurotoxins like alcohol. We're influenced by who we choose to spend our time with, what we consume in terms of radio, television, books, art, museums. How do we come to know ourselves? Well, it's through things like art making and journaling, 
working with a therapist or a coach. We're also in the moment influenced by the boundaries that we've decided to set, the limits that we've placed on what we're willing to do, and how we spend our time, perhaps in class, but how we spend our time in the culture, in our community, how we engage with art that's all around us, or food, or quality friendships. And then finally, we're really influenced by the degree to which we consciously make contact with the present moment. All of those things that influence us can be moderated by our contact with the present moment. The art of the present moment allows us to evaluate our choices in any given moment. It allows us to observe with some curiosity and some perspective. It lets us look at each step that we are making presently and consider our future steps. You've likely considered how daily habits make up the year, make up the decades, which makes up our lives. And I like to think of it maybe one step further. I love the idea that how we do anything can be how we do everything. Choosing consciously in one domain of our life can have a tremendous ripple effect all across these other important areas of our lives. For example, if we make a conscious choice to move towards creativity or health or education or community, these have a natural impact on other areas of our life. If you're in business, your mental health has an impact on the bottom line. Your mental health can impact if you get a promotion, make more money. Each quality of us is tied to all the other qualities. Just like the brain and the body are connected, all the choices we make ultimately connect to all the other ones. Present moment awareness impacts our ability to manage stress when it comes around. It impacts if we can take care of our family when they need it. All of this hinges on present moment awareness and movement towards what's most important to you. I really like the idea of being ready for life to happen and always leaving a little bit of space for the unexpected to happen. If you're ahead of schedule and you get a spontaneous invitation, you can say yes. If you're organized in your home and someone drops by, you can invite them up for tea. If you're prepared mentally and emotionally, you can handle it when your child or someone else in your family shows up with something that needs your attention. Being present and aware of your values and consciously focusing on what would move you closer to them helps you live a creative life that you love. Research shows that present moment awareness increases our life satisfaction, even in difficult situations. I thought about my value of friendship. So do you value your friendships? Would you love to have more quality time with your friends? So perhaps it starts with small habits like making your bed or doing the dishes and keeping the kitchen sink clean. If those were in place, maybe it would be easier to invite someone over. So you can let your actions reflect what's important to you. When you see the big picture, that all the things you do impact you and others, we can find meaning and purpose in each and every action, including doing the dishes. That's a really good reason to clean the kitchen. It looks nice to have a clean kitchen. You're ready to eat your next meal. The dishes are ready. It's easy to cook. And then you would be proud to have someone over. But all this connection can only happen through present moment awareness of what is important to you and taking action to demonstrate this to yourself. 
ultimately it will show to others, most importantly, demonstrating actions in line with your personal values. I think some of you might be listening to this conversation and feeling bad if you're feeling out of contact with the present moment. Or maybe you're mentally calculating how far away you are from your values. And this conversation is not an invitation to move into overwhelm. And in fact, there was a great neurofeedback study that found just saying that word upsets our body. The language itself increases our heart rate and just kind of our feeling of general anxiety. It's a word that I try to never use and I ask my clients not to use. It's a word that implies you're having a whole bunch of thoughts and feelings all at once. When I ask my clients to avoid saying the word, I invite them to get precise in their language and what they're feeling. So I invite you, if you're feeling the O word at the present moment or sometime in the future, to sort out what is happening for yourself and get some clarity. And here's where the art comes into play. So if you grab a piece of paper and make a mind map of all your feelings and thoughts, you can take a step back and have a look at it. So if you start in the middle with a drawing of yourself, could be a collage picture that you find in a magazine, could just be a little stick figure, and then create a series of four or five thought bubbles all around the figure and put in those thought bubbles the things that you're telling yourself about each circumstance. If you're having some thoughts about work, write your thoughts about work and the feeling inside that bubble. If you're having some experiences at home, write your thoughts about that and your feelings in the next thought bubble. And these could be positive or negative. Positive things can lead to stress as well. When we have psychological distance, we take a step back and observe with perspective. Then we can choose an action. You might decide you're going to avoid any feeling or you'll try and control it or escape it by scrolling social media, delaying an important decision, drinking, eating, complaining, shopping, or numbing out in front of the TV. Those are choices that you can make and I encourage you to make them consciously. You can also choose an action that can really help you. And it might be to rest, to remove yourself from being involved in business of other people. You can set a limit or a boundary. You can go make art. You can ask someone for a hug, go for a walk, or get to work on something. All behavioral possibilities are open to you in each moment. Each time you make contact with the present moment, all the possibilities are open to you. What you choose honestly depends on how present you are. If you're consciously deciding to slow down and you decide you want to respond instead of just react, you are embracing the present moment and choosing some flexibility in your mind. We have a month-long workshop inside the Modern Creative Woman membership all about how to respond instead of react. And it all rests on being aware in the moment of what's most important to you, both in that moment with your values and in the long run, what will benefit you. So you're the only one choosing. There's nobody else deciding your behavior at this point except for you. Now, many things may have happened in our lives, but the choices we make now, day to day, don't just happen. We're choosing how we respond. And these are just some of the ways that we talk about behavior inside the membership. 
We talk about psychological flexibility a lot. If there's one thing that you remember about today's conversation is that recognizing in each moment, you get to choose how you relate to your thoughts and then choose how to act. Psychological flexibility means that you're consciously aware of your mind and body acting as one. And we can truly have terrible thoughts come into our head. However, when we have psychological flexibility and we're connected in the present moment, making full contact with the present moment, we can make really informed value-based decisions in our behaviors and move towards our values and really what's most important to us in the moment. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Now that you know all about how making contact with the present moment can inform your ability to respond instead of react, what will you create? Want more? Subscribe to the Modern Creative Woman digital magazine. It's absolutely free. It comes out once a month. I know you can get a lot out of the podcast and the digital magazine. And when you're ready to take it to the next level, you have some options inside the membership. And if you're interested, you can book a private consultation. Really, just book a call with me. (laughs) Even if you just have some questions, go ahead and book a call. My contact's in the show notes. You can always message me on Instagram. So do come join me and the Modern Creative Woman on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest at Dr. Amy Backhaus. And if you like what you're hearing on the Modern Creative Woman podcast, I want to give you the scoop on how you can support it. You can be an ambassador, share the podcast link with three of your friends. You can become a community supporter by leaving a five-star review if you think it's worth the five stars. And you can become a gold star supporter for as little as $3 a month. All those links are in the show notes. Remember to get your free copy of the 21-Day Gratitude Challenge. Check out the show notes or find it at themoderncreativewoman.com. Have a wonderful week, and I cannot wait to talk with you again in the next episode.